Hello and welcome to the Cage Fight Podcast. This is Nick speaking. Hey, hey. Um, across from the table from me, I have a fine gentleman who said, hey, hey, hey but hey. he is not Fat Albert. He is, in fact, Mike. Yeah. Fat oh. Albert actually said, hey, hey. Hey. I was going to say, there's a third hay for Fat Albert. I'm two thirds of Fat Albert. <laughs> well, hay is for horses. the fat part. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Breaking news. <laughs> Secret audio. Mike and Zach. <laughs> Off the cuff. Talking how they really feel. I think they, they took out all the scenes that Brian Singer did uh, direct. Well, good. If I could find a torrent of the director's cut. I mean, I don't know, dude. That sounds kind of weird. You know what? <laughs> I I mean, I don't think it's that weird. No, it's pretty weird. People don't care the wrong you do. Well, I care about this one. It's kind of fucked up. It's pretty much like heroin. What? I love, I love, I love heroin. Wait, you're addicted to heroin hold now? Up. I gotta go have sex. If I could go fuck Brian Singer. <laughs> Wait, hold Hold up, guys. Like, before you run off and have sex, you give me a lot to unpack here, but we're supposed to be talking about movies. Yeah. I love Zandali. Wait, did you say Zandali? Wait, really? You love Zandali? I thought you hated that movie. I can't stress enough that this will be the top grossing movie of all time. You really had a big change of opinion on that. I, I don't know if you mentioned this, uh, so I apologize if this is a repeat, but if anything... I'm going to rejoice in the fact that I'm not watching G-Force. Wait, you guys both hate that now? I yeah. thought you were both into it. You nope. have the whole G-Force game? Like, uh, I guess you guys are a bunch of fucking liars. Yeah. Are you okay with being just liars to all our listeners? It's not G-Force. So we're okay. Yeah. Wow, I really wish I'd gotten to know the people I'm working with better before I started doing this. Um, I'm going to go, guys. Hold if up, I could go I gotta fuck go have sex. Yeah, you guys go ahead and do that, assholes. Discuss. <laughs> 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 fucking got you guys. Shit. You thought I wasn't recording that conversation, oh and yet boy. I was. Uh, the dark secrets out there, all these times they've been saying to me constantly, oh, when when the mics are off, he's talking about how he loves G-Force. Now we see what they talk about when the mics are off. You know, this is slander. It. This uh, is pure slander. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. All, I didn't I, consent I, to the recording of it. Any conversation. Uh, I haven't even consented this to this recording. Tell that director, See, Zach hasn't even. Bitch. <laughs> Zach hasn't signed the forms yet, even. Uh, hey, you may not have consented, but the people have a right to know. This is journalism, upfront, hard-hitting, cutting journalism, telling the people what they need to know. That Zach loves Zandali, and so that I, you both hate G-Force. I don't understand so why. So, do we have to release Nick's racism rant that he went on? We should. How this does not exist. Hates the Jews, uh, uh, and just amongst many people. Oh yeah, he. he uh, I'm not even comfortable saying most of the words that he said in that recording. Yeah, uh, we had to like bleep it live for that, like me and Mike were just going like beep beep as Nick was just yelling and then uh, for, even when we play it back for our own personal use we have to beep it because I can't stand to hear some of the slanderous it's just bigoties. so bad I think you guys are thinking of Nick Cannon's racist rant <laughs> oh that uh, that, that could it. be it that could be it where he was talking about uh how he's uh, glad he's divorced from Mariah Carey yeah <laughs> um well but y'all been a fucking exposed 
and that'll be live on the YouTubes. You can you can hear the secret audio from on TMZ. What I want to uh, know is what you have to say to the G Force gang after all that. Well, um, the G Force gang knows that that was all lies. The G Force gang is no stranger to the fake news media. Okay, and, and that's exactly what this is: fake news. That's. You might as well work for CNN, which stands for cheating, no, no, <laughs> bad. <laughs> so I didn't know that the B, the, there was a B at the end that was silent. Yeah, so it's a, it's a lowercase B. Um, well, but, uh, all, all I can say is uh, if, if you're going to call out about fake news here, you don't trust any sort of journalism? Is that No, we don't trust I mean, your journalism. I don't to... Uh, uh, undermine the institution of journalism so you can get your fascist <laughs> rhetoric put out on the internet. Well, uh, I, would, I can't stand for I'm that. I'm pretty sure we've settled that uh, you're the fascist for voting for Captain Corelli's mandolin, <laughs> oh. which sucks. <laughs> um, and so uh, to the G-Force gang, I would like to apologize uh, if you do hear that because... Uh, we're going to edit that out for sure. Um, but if you do manage to get a hold of that, don't let it fool you. Everybody knows that I put in my all to uh, ensure that the future of the G-Force gang is uh, very bright. And uh, for example, you guys realize Purvis is in here with me, right? Oh, fuck. <laughs> he is in fucking tears right now. He is so sad. He is upset. Do you know how much this man has put his heart into G-Force? He loves G-Force. He looked G-Force up game. to you guys. Uh, and uh, I, yeah, and he's just so sad that Nick would go through the hassle of trying to slander us. Honestly? And undermine the word of no the G-Force. Slander. Every word of that was actually said at one point. <laughs> Honestly, um... Nice choice of words. <laughs> it's just kind of sad at this point that he would try to take down the G-Force gang because we've never been stronger. Um, we actually have a petition going to um, open up a G-Force ride at Disney World. They are going to uh, smash down some of the more famous and uh, iconic rides to get a G-Force ride in there if the petition goes through. And, you know, the ride could be anything. Maybe you... I heard they're actually just going to tear down the whole new Star Wars thing they did and just convert it all to G-Force. Yeah, they're actually going to take that big Millennium Falcon. They're going to turn it to a freaking yeah, hamster I, ball. I believe yep. part of that was at your behest, and uh, it's all based on lies. you, you got a company to spend billions of its hard-earned money <laughs> to reconvert this to a G-Force-themed thing. And you wait, 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 is sincere this, about is it. Is this Nick, then, defending big business? <laughs> okay, see, now we're really see, uncovering we're, we're some of the... we're unpacking some more of the <laughs> underlying tones here. See, I'm really, just thinking of the kids, and I'm hurt. Personally. Yeah, exactly. In it's, trying to make you know, us all look those bad. child Disney fans. In trying to make us look bad, he's just uh, exposed himself as a major piece of shit, which I already and, knew, but I wasn't going to say on mic. And he also exposed himself in front of that school. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, that was an accident. The, I, I think um, <laughs> he, he was, was like the Marilyn Monroe thing. My dress blew up over the air vent, and I was. But why were, weren't you wearing underwear? I at they, a school, and you were wearing Captain. You were wearing a shirt that said Captain Corelli's mandolin is my favorite fascist uh, think piece, uh, with an arrow pointing down at your exposed wang, and then a sign right under your wang that said, "Look up here at this." As long as you are under eighteen. Now, now, for the record, 
The, the sign is right there in this room. The under 18 thing, Brian Singer gave me that, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, he this man, on me. your good friend, Brian Singer. He's I didn't not my say good it. friend. You were looking for director's cuts of his films. So we watched Inconceivable in 211. Uh, <laughs> I do have one more bit of housekeeping. Um, if you haven't signed the uh, G-Force ride petition, please go sign that. Um, but also all registered members of hashtag GeForce Gang, we do have our own uh, insurance available now for anyone who's registered. Um, we have dental, we have vision, it's all it's all um, built on lies. and we have uh, of lies. a free weekly prostate exam for uh, <laughs> any. And we do we do in fact have a guinea pig who is performing the prostate exams, and uh, I can assure you the 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 benefits are. Uh, Beautiful. They're fantastic. They're very goodly uh, uh, benefits. Uh, they're very, <laughs> very goodly. <laughs> they're very, uh, and they'll benefit my, you bigly. My favorite part are the goodly benefits. They're very, uh, they're great, big <laughs> benefits. Uh, the best benefits of uh, any uh, uh, trending hashtag uh, of all time. <laughs> okay. Uh I hope that you think of the the hidden audio clip that we had there when you try and sign up for these G-Force goodly benefits. Uh, and I think, but we'll move on now. So I, I can think see of, my uh, co-hosts are uncomfortable with me exposing them. I hope you think of Nick when you look at a big piece of shit that you drop out of your butthole <laughs> into the toilet before you flush it. And I hope Treated. you do too. So, <laughs> uh, all right, what so this did we watch? <laughs> this week we watched Inconceivable and 211, two movies that you've probably never heard of and that you probably never should. They uh, sound made frank. up, quite frankly. <laughs> they kind of do. Inconceivable uh, sounds like a documentary about the Princess Bride and 211 <laughs> uh, sounds like a 311 cover band with one guy who couldn't make it this week. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I I did, uh, every time I saw Inconceivable, read it in the voice of that guy from uh, Princess Bride. I can't remember the actor's name. but uh, uh, Yeah, he's uh, his name is dude. Guy he's... from Toy Story. Uh, uh, you yeah. mean Grand Nagus uh, Zek in Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Grand yes. Nagus Zek. I, I, I'm not a freaking nerd over here. Uh uh, excuse yeah, me. He's not Star a nerd. Trek he just cool. owns a G Force shirt. Uh, yeah, because G Force is ballin'. Uh, the G stands Think for about gangster. those kids, man. <laughs> those children. I bet <laughs> Nick is thinking about those kids. Hey, no, that's uh, that's Mr. Singer. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, uh, Inconceivable is going to be the first one we're going to talk about here. It came out in the year 2017 with an R rating, real R rated. Uh, which hard I think it's R. hard R. I think only because there's a bunch of boobies in it for some reason. Uh, not really. I w- well, there's not a bunch of boobies, but there's enough to indicate that uh, this is not going to be a good movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as we have proven on this podcast time and time again. It's true. Um, director Jonathan Baker, who uh, directed such classics as well, Zach's his biggest fan, so I'm sure he can list them all. <laughs> Oh, I mean, he just has too many good ones to just pick out one. Uh, uh. Uh, Jonathan Baker uh, has an acting credit in the 2017 film Inconceivable, oh. uh, where he plays the uh, doctor who does the uh, DNA test. Didn't realize he starred in this. He pulled a Shyamalan... Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. Hitchcock. Thing. And apparently, you, you don't remember his producing credit on Dirty Tennis? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Dirty was that made by Brazzers? <laughs> I I feel like that might have been a Reality Kings, mm. but I always mix those two up. Oh yeah. Um, he also apparently has been on The Amazing Race, um, which makes... Uh, <laughs> really? I just want to point out, in Dirty Tennis, it starred Caitlyn Jenner as himself. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. See, they, that's they, Dirty they Tennis. They could get the name right, but not the pronouns. What the fuck? Well, it says Caitlyn Jenner himself as Bruce Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, when did this come out? Uh, 1989. Oh, okay, so okay. it's kosher. It's kosher. We're it's it's okay. It's just not not everything's been updated yet. But uh, yeah, Jonathan Baker has been on the Amazing Race, um, and he looks kind of familiar. Um, but probably probably because uh, I every time he spoke, I was like, hey, it's that really bad actor who I didn't realize was the director until <laughs> after the fact. But hmm. oh, okay. Well. Yeah, he's in it. Uh, it was produced by Baker Entertainment Group, which I have a sneaking suspicion is owned by Jonathan Baker, but I didn't look into it. Yeah, see, they cleverly... Um, there's a title card at the beginning that says it's a JB production, and he wants you to think it's Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, you find out it's fucking Jonathan Baker. Yeah. Uh, so it's a runtime of 106 minutes. Uh, a little long. A little long. <laughs> Well, oh. To put this in perspective, the only quote on IMDb for this movie is, God, what have I done? <laughs> That's, that really sums up. And that wasn't even in the movie. That's what the director said about it in an interview after the fact. Um, yep. Yeah, it says quotes about film. <laughs> but uh, with a budget... I'm just going to quick interject. Purvis finally left. Um, I actually don't give a shit about those kids. I just wanted to clarify for the record. Continue. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say that's that sounded off character. Well, I care deeply, but um, I'm still pissed. Don't get me wrong. I just had to hear Purvis crying about that shit. But no, yeah, fuck the kids. <laughs> uh, well, him and Nick, fucking kids. Hey, hey, I'm gonna cut that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put it back in. Uh, <laughs> that's what Nick said to those kids. Yeah, you best. When he was directing Damn. X-Men First Class. All right. Well, uh, budget, $12.8 million. Box office gross? D- take a guess. Zero. It's got to be like $3,400 million. That It's between <laughs> those two numbers, I'll tell you that. Okay, I'm going to go $3,300 million. <laughs> oh, you both went over then when you changed yours. It's uh, $218,000. Oh. <laughs> so it... Uh, it made one fifth of one twelfth, which is one sixtieth of its budget back. So, so um, do those numbers come from uh, uh, like the Lifetime Network um, when they aired this movie? Um, because that's what it felt like. <laughs> it did feel like a really bad Lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah, or but, a really good Lifetime movie. I'm not really sure, but right, a if, well, if I'm being honest, one. this movie wasn't that bad. It was. I mean, it was bad. But it did feel like a glorified Lifetime movie, uh, which is... But yeah. I did watch these back-to-back, and it was definitely the worst thing that happened to me this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, or the, the, the two back-to-back. 
if I'd spread it out a little bit, they would be the two worst things that happened to me this week, but it wouldn't have been such a singular terrible event that maybe wouldn't have soured me quite as much as it has on these two. <laughs> but, um, so Rotten Tomatoes, this has a 31%, audience score of 64%. It's, uh surprisingly well-reviewed, given my opinion of it, because there are some things that got way worse reviews that I liked a hell of a lot more than this movie, personally. Uh, so you got, you got your freaking Nicolas Cage as Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's not really... He's, he's not, not really in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, Honestly, he's you could take his character out of this movie completely, and it wouldn't have really changed the plot at all. Yeah. Um, but of course, uh, there's some things in this that happened in this movie that uh, definitely point to the fact that it was directed by a man, and uh, I don't think he would have wanted to cut Brian because sometimes you just need a penis opinion. Uh, oh yeah, and I, I think sometimes the, the man just has to come in and be logical about things, and yeah. uh, get and all these women to stop howling. Of course, we had Nicolas Cage reprising his previous roles uh, as characters who watch women out of windows. Uh, <laughs> I, but... I want to say, though, Nick Cage plays a, plays a good dad. Like, he should just play the dads. That's true. He should he should have played all the, da- all the dads in this one. Every well, dad in every film. Given the amount of sex scenes we've seen him in, he... A lot of his characters have got to be dads. You know? <laughs> yeah, he busts like... a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not um, an actor I expected to see quite as many sex scenes of as I have, but... I'm uh, hoping to see a lot more. Um, so we got uh, Gina Gershon as his wife, Angela, um, former castmate from Face Off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought this was interesting. They have something else in common. Uh, they're both Jughead's mom? Something even more than that. <laughs> <laughs> They've both been in 9-11 movies. And the one Gina Gershon was in, which came out in 2017, has Charlie Sheen. Yes, Deadfalls. Is it Deadfall? (laughs) Deadfalls Charlie Sheen in it. There's a porn star with a really close name to that. I'm not going to talk any more about it, but just, yeah, I'm just going to say. And we'll, there's a, there'll be a link in the description to her uh, RedTube page. Um, We got Nikki Whelan as Katie, who was in Left Behind. Yes, I thought I she did looked see familiar. That. That's where she's from. Yeah, and she was also in the Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which if you forgot about that, you're I, very lucky. <laughs> um, I never and, saw any of the Rob Zombie Halloweens. Um, they are, uh, to put it politely, trash. Oh, um, okay. Like your little slanderous drop at the beginning of the episode. Uh, well, uh... Tension! Oh yeah, it's you should fucking see it in here. It's it's nuts in this room right now. Yeah, um, we're actually all pointing guns at one another currently. That's uh, what all the clicking in the mic is, uh, because Nick's gun doesn't have any bullets <laughs> left in it. Because uh, he's shooting all those kids. Um, Natalie Eva Marie as Linda. She's a WWE wrestler, and um, uh, Faye Dunaway as uh, Nicholas Cage's mom, and she's an Academy Award winning. Actress, and uh, yeah. now she's in this. Now she's in this. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah. Well, now that we're past the cast, just some general trivia. General. Uh, Lindsay Lohan was originally going to star in this movie, but the studio decided to change out the actress last minute. So we could have seen Lindsay Lohan. 
Uh, yeah. it, all it said on the facts was that she was going to star. I don't know if she was going to play Gina Gershon. She was going to be she, Katie. Mm. Um, uh, so this was unveiled at Sundance in 2014 by Lindsay Lohan, who said she was going to be in it, and they had promoted her uh, being in it for a while, and then it just, yeah, like you said, at the last minute, did not happen. Yeah. Um, would have been interesting, though. She got chewed up and spit out by the system. I'm a Lohan stan. Just so like all those G-Force fans that you chewed up and spit out. <laughs> Seriously, just think about them. Um, they have dental insurance now, so. <laughs> uh, uh, so this movie was repeatedly delayed and hadn't even finished pre-production by the time it was supposed to be released, uh, which maybe shows a little bit in the quality of the film. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got for this. Um, the only other fun fact that I have um, is that Faye Dunaway broke her leg a few days before filming this, and that's why she's sitting through the whole movie. Ah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I had, didn't even realize that. <laughs> I, did, I didn't really either, but once when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, they never show her standing, and apparently they had to... I mean... Oh. She wasn't in the movie a lot. I don't know how much. I thought you meant the wrestler girl. I was oh, like, no. she's like in the water. <laughs> like, no, she's not standing. The, the old and lady. They put a chair yeah. under the water, just below the waterline, <laughs> so you couldn't see it. <laughs> they also show her jogging on a beach. Yeah, uh, which I, which was I have. Okay some, with. I have some notes about. Um, <laughs> so, should we get into it? Uh, first, we got to do everyone's favorite segment. Everyone's. Okay, we're skipping that. Uh, the Cage yeah, Style is... Report, baby! Uh, I thought we were going to do that 10 episodes from now. Oh, no, 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 we got one. Okay, so, here we go. Cage is looking frazzled. He's got some balding hair that's, like, medium length. And uh, he's got a variety of monocolor long sleeve t-shirts and sweaters with dark blue jeans. And that's it. Nothing that's it? nothing noticeable. <laughs> he's he's barely in this movie, and his outfits are pretty normcore. Yeah. Dadcore. Dad Glad core. we had this. I think he was just hey, wearing... some people tune in just for that, and they were really mad for, like, ten episodes <laughs> until... That's true. We have gotten a lot of hate mail, um, mostly from uh, the Nick fans. Uh, psychos, a lot of them, yeah. so... Um, yeah, Nicolas Cage was in this movie, and he was wearing clothes. I also noticed that, too. Uh, Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really, I'm trying to recollect how often he actually popped up in the movie, and it was just kind of like every 25 minutes he was like, hey, uh, I'm... Uh, I'm here too. <laughs> I, I tried to blast to come in your uh, thing, and it didn't work. <laughs> um, and she's like, yeah, yep. That's why we uh, have these freaking embryos. So... <laughs> Okay, uh, so we'll get into the plot summary now. Opens with a mother comforting a crying child when a man walks in. She begs him to be let go, and then he begins to strangle her until she stabs him with a kitchen knife. Hell yeah. Four years later, Cage is jogging, and I just want to... <laughs> I he, has, he jogs in almost every movie. Yeah, he, he's got to stay fit. <laughs> yeah, he's since he's always on set, he has to do it on set, and then they just kind of flick the cameras on because he's jogging in the other movie that we watched too. Oh yeah, uh, so it's just kind of a thing for him. No, New Orleans, but I'm guessing that's his favorite place to jog. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we don't know Cage's character's backstory. He could have been from New Orleans, for all we know. That's true. We yeah. don't really know anything about him other than his name is Brian. And he's a something. doctor. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. He rides a motorcycle in one scene. That's true. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> it's like it's, the very first scene. Like yeah, The first look. scene he's in, he gets on a motorcycle, and then that's the last we see of that. <laughs> nice. I, that must have been the Ghost Rider motorcycle, too. <gasps> see? This is the Ghost Rider verse. This which is, is in the G-Force verse. Which is in, well, not the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but a Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, take that. <laughs> so, um, I also want to say that we're, in, we're introduced to Cage's wife, Angela, who, right off the bat, I thought it was the woman who was in the first clip in the movie who was stabbing that dude. Yeah. Because uh, they had the same hair, same look. White lady, about dark him. hair. Yep. Uh, was not aware that it wasn't until a good, like, 30, 40 minutes later. Yeah, but, I spent a, a lot of the first uh, chunk of this movie um, wondering if I was supposed to be figuring out who the woman in the cold open was, because that all that scene where she stabs that guy is, like, 10 seconds. Well, and, and it's never brought up or relevant again. Well, I yeah. mean, it's... We never even find out who that guy is that she killed. Yeah. What, 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 why was that there? There were a million other flashback sequences in this movie, all of which could have been slightly more relevant to open the movie with. But... I'm, I'm pretty sure he was the father of Maddie. Yeah. Okay, that would make sense. Y- yeah, but like, Maddie why is was a she... child that we'll be introduced to. Why was she like killing, or like, why was he coming home and she was so scared at that point or whatever? Like, it was... Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it just seems like, so the only thing that I really pieced together was that, uh, I, I kind of feel like the, the, that family must've been paranoid about her in a similar way because she's not very good at like, uh, freaking hiding how, uh, weird and conspiratorial she is. So I don't know. It could have been, could have been many scenarios but uh i i think the long and short of it was that she was just uh stealing his child yeah okay well you'll you'll find out more about that in a minute spoilers mm -hmm. uh through a series of events this lady katie blonde lady with blue eyes which will come up later kind of i guess she is introduced to angela the wife of nicholas cage who is actually the main character of this movie, basically, and Nicolas Cage is just superfluous. And uh, Katie's daughter, Maddie, is now friends with the Cage Angela daughter named Cora. Um, and uh, Katie From does... the Legend of Cora. Yes. She is a... Well, I haven't seen The Legend of Cora. She's she... a waterbender, but also the Avatar. Oh, okay. Uh, so Katie doesn't like having her picture taken, for some reason. Uh, she says she left her abusive husband... And uh, it is after a couple of flashbacks that we realize that it is she who is the mom in the beginning who stabbed that man and the cousin. And she now wears color-changing contact lenses and dyed her hair. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, also, it... it um, oh, this is going to be a great uh, road to go down. Um, but, you know what? <laughs> okay. okay, here we go. Mike, here we you're go. doing great today. Here, here we go, here we go. So, uh... To preface this, I've never had uh, a reason to 
I know he's shaking <laughs> after being exposed. Never had a reason to doubt a woman who said she's been abused by a man. Okay, and that, let's okay, <laughs> okay. Hold on. No, nope, we're skipping past this. We so, are skipping past this. So basically, we Katie butts into this couple's life, <laughs> and uh, she's like, um, "Yeah, I had an abusive husband," and everybody. Uh, all agrees that it seems a little bit sketch. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. I don't think her. I've never met her husband or anything. Know anything about her past? But he seems like a good guy. Hey, <laughs> there's two sides to every story. Believe women, guy. That's what we're saying. We're saying believe women, and they should have believed Katie. Um, Wait, but she was lying. <laughs> she, she was, in fact, lying. Okay, so, <laughs> so um, can we cut everything I've said out of this entire episode? Cage fight. <laughs> so we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So Angela is pregnant again, and she tells Katie, and says she hasn't told Cage yet. But uh, right after this, in the very next scene, she miscarries. So <laughs> this happened so fun, fast. Fun that I was so fucking confused. I had to go back and change my notes yeah. because I totally missed the fact that she had a miscarriage. I thought this is this is how the sequence of events kind of went. It was like, hey, I'm pregnant. And then Katie's like, hey, I'm going to move to Colorado. And then Angela's like, what if you stayed here and was the nanny for the baby? Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there, it is revealed that the baby she was going to have is not a... Uh, alive anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. one way to phrase it yes yes because uh well i mean it was alive at one point because life can <laughs> begins at conception um <laughs> so yeah it, pretty pretty much immediately i i re- i was watching it and i was just like okay she's pregnant interesting where is this going and then next scene immediately like oh okay that's where it was going she's miscarrying (laughs) i guess they had to set up that she was pregnant somehow before they had her have a miscarriage but they could have just made her pregnant at the start and like you know with a bit of a belly bump yeah or like when they meet at the mommy and me group be like hey i'm about to be mommy and me's uh because freaking i'm having another kid mommy and three minus one yes (laughs) what three mommy three eleven guys (laughs) three eleven uh but, um, so then, uh, Angela asked Katie to move into the guest house to act as a nanny for Cora and because she wants to go back to work because Angela thinks going back to work or help her going back to work will help her get over her sorrow at her miscarriage. Um, but for some reason, Nick Cage's mom does not like Katie at this part. Yeah. It, early on in the movie, she hates Katie. Later. She likes her a lot for some reason, but <laughs> she hates Katie because uh, she doesn't know this person. And, and they invite her to live at their house and take care of their kids almost immediately with like no background checks or anything that these doctor people right. can and, afford to do. And then after no real uh, proof that she's gotten to know her, she uh, they become besties because, you know, they're just well, Wine yeah, maybe not besties, can... but they everyone starts to like Katie more than Angela by the end of this. But well, <laughs> yeah, when Angela's younger. running into a room, being like, "You're killing people and you're stealing my baby," like being all irrational, it's I don't think it's really siding with Katie to be like, "Hey, calm down." <laughs> True, 
yeah, it's just, I mean, everybody's just kind of worried about Angela, and uh, we've seen that they just refuse to believe women in this movie, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Katie moves in to their guest house. There's a series of clips showing that Katie's being weird. She's, like, snooping around the house, like, Looking through clothes and looking through clothes and pictures. And, yeah. uh, she's skinny dipping in the pool outside while Nicolas Cage watches. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't really understand why that scene was there at all. But so, I guess it's to set up the next scene, which then never matters again. <laughs> but it it really this this was a whole and the the setup of Nicolas Cage watching her skinny dip doesn't even pay off because his wife never finds out that that happened. Mm-hmm. She suspects that there's an affair for one second, but that is never a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it's none of it. I guess it's to try and help you sympathize with Angela and, like, believe her, too, but I don't know. For me, it kind of felt like, hey, you just watched Looking Glass. Remember this? He's (laughs) freaking staring at this lady. I think this is, that whole scene was more a, a director choice to be like, I really want boobs in this movie. <laughs> yes, this was one of two there scenes. Enough. There were boobs in a murder scene later, but I I, I can't get off to someone dying. <laughs> was there ever a movie where uh, Lindsay Lohan lets her tits out in, a, in like a pool? Because uh, I feel like that was probably trap. what they were trying to <laughs> In the parent trap. Oh, God. Yeah, they, they might have been trying to get Lindsay Lohan naked. Maybe that's why they cut her, because the director was like, no, I... I, I've seen those boobs enough. <laughs> New boobs. I'm sick of these oh, boobs. Man. Let's get this left behind boob chick in there. <laughs> so at at this uh, at this point, uh, we're like 45 minutes into this movie, and I'm thinking, God, nothing is fucking happening, and this is boring the shit out of me. Um, but then next scene, some things begin to happen. Angela and Brian are going to have another kid, and they decided that Linda, the, a mutual friend between Angela and Brian, is going to be the surrogate mother. Then smash, boom, cut to next scene. <laughs> Linda is running towards the camera on a beach, which is when I had to double check that this movie was directed by a man because there's a very that was the best scene. This movie. There's a very large-breasted wrestling lady who's just jogging at the camera for no apparent reason. <laughs> yeah. It it doesn't even serve as a transition into this scene very well. It just she's just running at the camera and then all of a sudden, boom, it turns out these two hot girls happen to be doing sex. Uh-huh. And the director can be heard behind the camera saying, uh, cha ching. <laughs> and uh this this is uh this wrestler lady is named Linda in the movie, and she's a mutual friend of Angela and Katie. But Katie and her are doing the dirty business, and uh, Angela doesn't know it was Linda. But Katie, uh, or Linda, reveals to Katie that, like, hey, uh, Angela and Brian, uh, Mister Cage, Mister and Mrs. Cage, <laughs> are uh, planning on having another kid. But since Angela is barren and keeps miscarrying and stuff like that, they're going to implant the baby, the egg into me and i will be the surrogate mother and then katie is like well i'm the egg donor it's my baby and uh also you're dead now and just kills her <laughs> just right there womps her in the face with like a weight or while she's just in her underwear in the middle of the water yeah they're just like, in the middle of the water and she's like tr- 
like trotting through the water where you like can't see your hands and you think, oh, she's just like walking in the water. But it turns out she's concealing. When, when did she put this weapon in her hand and then get into no the water idea. with it? Where did it come from? I have I, no idea. I, I didn't know. even know what she hit her with at first because I saw that happen. I was like, that was that a bottle? What's going on? It was a on? dumbbell. Yeah, it was like a, sm a small dumbbell that she somehow smuggled from well, the beach. If you the remember, the girlfriend is a fitness trainer and she killed her with her own thing. Whoa. Nah. Because she wasn't a good enough mother to that weight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was weird. <laughs> Think about those children. <laughs> but, um, so, so yeah, and in in the process of uh like right before she murders Linda, she kind of confesses to donating an embryo to a previous family. Um, that she apparently decided wasn't taking enough care of the child, and so she took the baby back, and she plans to put the new baby in her and then take Cora, the new baby, and her current also stolen baby <laughs> on the run. Yep. She donated three eggs, and uh, she's taken all those babies with her. And uh, so she... Next scene, it's flash forward a while, and they're like, huh, Angela's, or, no, Angela's like, yeah, Linda's dead, so I don't have a surrogate mother anymore. They don't seem to mourn Linda at they, all. They, I was <laughs> expecting there to be, like, a scene where, like, some people find her on a beach. It's like a half-second scene that I didn't even notice at first. Mm. I expected there to be some conversation about, like, oh, damn, sucks that fucking Linda died, and... It's kind of weird how she died, and maybe we should look into how she died. This movie does a lot of, like, random time jumps without warning you. Without yeah. even telling but, you it's how much time has passed. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, like, after that scene, it's just like, oh, yep, she's now pregnant with mm -hmm. their kid. Yeah, yeah it's, and like, it's like, three months later. <laughs> yeah, she's pregnant and, like, has a visible bump. Yeah. And nobody has asked her if she has seen linda or linda's brains or something <laughs> yeah. uh so i've cut out a lot of things here but essentially as time goes on between katie and angela things are getting a little more tense because katie is acting a little too possessive over even cora to angela's daughter and says like she says like you're not the mother like please stop calling her your daughter yeah there's and there's two occasions where angela kind of overhears her refer referring to Cora as her daughter and she basically is just like uh what the fuck dude yeah <laughs> like please stop and uh Katie's also seems to be very possessive over the baby she has inside of her which is a little more understandable I guess but also like it she's supposed to be surrogate mother and donating a baby to needy parents <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I just felt like hey you know chill out you know freaking carrying a baby can't be that hard you know what i'm saying like just relax <laughs> i'm carrying a food baby right now <laughs> but um so uh apparently angela used to be a drug addict uh and now everyone is getting worried that she's, like, using again because she got some Valium from Katie's doctor for Katie. But, and Valium was the thing she abused. And, uh... And Katie, uh, totally rats her out about yeah. freaking uh, hitting yeah. the bottle. Just fucking accuses her of that, even though Angela didn't actually take the drugs. She considered them, but threw... She considered taking them, but threw it away. And, um... As this is all going on, like, uh, I don't know, 
tension is ratcheting up. Everybody is basically on the side of Katie because they all believe Angela is using again and that they can't trust her. Angela then in the midst of all this is like, oh, yeah, well, she killed Linda. I know she killed Linda because she deduced this somehow. I didn't take a lot of notes because really a lot of this movie, nothing was happening and none of it seemed especially consequential. I but, mean, honestly, you there's really no no explanation as to why. Like, there's they don't bridge any of these gaps. It's just kind of like... Linda's dead. Angela's suspicious. Angela accuses her because reasons. Mm-hmm. It's very convenient. Um, and then she just steadily like flies off the handle and makes everybody more worried about her to make her uh, her fears less credible. Yeah. So uh, basically, Cage and Cage's mom are against Angela. They're like suspicious. She's a drug addict. Uh, so, but Angela still snoops on Katie. She finds Katie's color-changing contact lenses in Katie's bathroom, and uh, she calls the doctor clinic, or the egg donor clinic, and essentially indirectly finds out that Katie was probably her donor through, like, a series of roundabout questions. Yeah, she just she just literally asked the director uh, mm-hmm. directly, um, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah she is Cause the, the director plays the doctor so <laughs> so uh to confirm this her suspicions she orders a dna test secretly at the hospital she got some of her kids hair and some of katie's hair meanwhile nicholas cage continues being a pointless character in the movie uh katie <laughs> plots away uh decides she's going to crush some of the valium up and she drugs angela I'm not really sure why, because uh, she because Angela said, "Oh, I'm not taking drugs. Like I'll do a pee test." Oh yeah, and so she's like, "Ha ha! I want to make you fail it." I see. Honestly, I wanted to try some of that freaking spike carrot juice. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say pee, and I was gonna say, "Please don't." I mean, I'll ch- <laughs> if I can get a buzz off the pee too, I'll put a little bit of that in there. But yeah. So, yeah, after Angela comes back from the DNA test clinic, having dropped off those hair samples, she realizes she's been drugged and, like, falls asleep in the car, then uh, gets, comes home, finds that they're having a surprise baby shower for her, and decides she wants to ruin the party and starts screaming at Katie about how she drugged her and uh, just going on about, you know, Katie being evil. So, uh, Cage breaks down the party and wants to go talk to Angela, and, like, Katie's like, no, 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 let me do it. And then she walks over to Angela and says, like, yeah, I drugged you, and also, I'm gonna take all the babies. (laughs) You're not a good mother. I know you're not. I'm a better mother. And also, I stole my kid, too. (laughs) I'm such a good mother that I fucking steal all these kids from (laughs) anybody who turns their back for a second. So, uh... Katie then, like, fakes an assault by, uh, uh, and tries to make it look like Angela tried to kill her and that she was defending herself. So, uh, they're both going to the hospital now, and, um, while Cage is waiting in the hospital waiting room, he gets the DNA test results delivered to him, since Angela's in waiting, and sees that Katie is the mother of, uh, Cora, and, um, so... He uh he decides he's gonna marry her instead. 
Yeah. So he <laughs> he um he goes over to Katie, who's being put into an emergency C-section to save the child after the fake assault. And uh, she starts getting all lovey-dovey with Cage, and he's weirded out by it. Uh, yeah. It, well, he's also told Katie that Angela died. Yes. From, oh, her, from her wounds. So Katie's like, score! And then she starts making out with Nicolas Cage um, for a second, and it's really weird. Yeah, then they... He takes her to go see the baby, and he's, like, taunting her about it. And then, who frickin' comes out but Angela? Who, twist, is not dead. And that's why she came out. Love it, it would just wheel out a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's just, like, from the coroner's office, the, the mortician's thing. through the baby holding area. Yeah, and then uh, the cops come up and start hauling Katie away, and I'm wondering why the cops agreed to go along with this weird little prank <laughs> where, like, before... It wasn't the cops, it was like an orderly came up. Oh, I swear I saw two dudes in blue uniforms, but oh. maybe maybe it was, like, security guards or something. But they come up and start taking Katie away, and, uh, yeah. So, that's basically it. We get closing shots of Katie in a padded cell and Cage jogging again. And then uh, Angela and Cage curled up with all three of the kids, Maddie included, and uh, closing credits with some, like, very momish adult contemporary music, and um, we're, we're through it, and, uh, yeah. I didn't really understand her plan at the end of the movie when she found out, like, Angela was dead. Like, I'm gonna start making out with Cage now and saying how much I love him, like. It just seemed out of the blue and random. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, it, oh, his wife just died. Who's he going to fuck now? Like, like, Cage wasn't in this movie enough for them to, like, uh, establish allude, a Yeah, allude to any kind of attraction between them. Yeah, he saw her naked for a second, uh, but then he got pretty bored pretty fast. <laughs> um, but she just kind of jumps the gun and assumes, uh, hey, your wife's dead, and I'm the first woman you've seen since then so we fuck now uh, we fuck now <laughs> uh yeah but yeah uh so i'm sorry my summary there was kind of jumpy and all over the place but i didn't take very detailed notes because honestly most of the things that happened took a long time to happen and weren't especially interesting or notable and i wasn't sure what i should be taking note of and what i shouldn't because this movie was kind of jumpy and choppy and like not well not much of a through line the writing yeah. wasn't great um also, I don't know. I, I did not care for this at all. Personally. I mean, it was, it was, the premise was fine, I guess. But yeah, like you said, it, it's just, it was kind of all over the place. Uh, nothing really transitioned uh, into anything else mm -hmm. cleanly. Um, so I, I rewound this movie a few times to try to figure out what the fuck was going on, only to find out that I hadn't missed anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like the time skips that weren't noticeable were like one of the biggest issues with this that was just like oh i guess we are months later from that point where it's like it didn't make sense anymore that they're like people aren't talking about things that just happened and it i don't know it's just weird yeah, yeah. and the, the acting was very poor which is, is like the i guess the premise and the poor acting is what kind of made me feel like it was like a shitty lifetime movie hmm. um see the i don't think the premise is that bad it seems it's kind of interesting and i think it could be good if done well but this sure. was not done well yeah it, yeah like they started to do some weird thing like near the end of the movie where they did a flashback of K 
Katie where she was donating some eggs or something and like made her infertile. Yeah. And like they just didn't talk about who any of those people were ever again. <laughs> yeah, there, it was literally just a quick shot where a doctor told her like, "Hey, you got three shots." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, okay." Maddie, Cora, third child. Yeah, but like she <laughs> talks to someone's like, "Oh, you told me this would be safe or something." Oh yeah, and like yeah. What was that all about? Like, yeah. Maybe that's what set her off, or that's what I gathered from it is that she went crazy because she couldn't have kids. So so now she was gonna steal but, the kids she donated. But like, why back. was she donating in the first place? Then like, I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like there's a bunch of things that could have been expanded on expanded or explained on. in any yeah. way or i yeah, don't know i mean and i i don't need a movie to hold my hand or anything but it's like i i would have appreciated like at least some sense of like direction like a through line throughout all the scenes where like yeah it's where, it, where they felt connected or worthwhile but pretty much uh for the entire uh 105 minute runtime of this movie you're kind of Wondering how the fuck you got to wherever you are every 15, 20 minutes. I thought her character was kind of weird, too, where they were trying to make her out to be, like, a sexy nanny or something, but then also, like, super motherly, but not together at all. Yeah. Like, it was either one or the other. It was never, this is, like, whole character. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it was never, uh, they never, they could have seized the opportunity to be, like, Wow, it's super hot. She's a great mom, dude. Yeah, and, like, uh, or even anything like that to that show that she's on. competent. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, I thought <laughs> it was just a bad character. Um, well, yeah. I, uh, another thing I was going to say about this movie, and this is a weird complaint, but w- the camera was like always handheld. It was like never put on a tripod. And it was just like, it's jarring when you've got like kind of bouncy, shaky cam handheld scenes for like just a bunch of soccer moms sitting around talking about their kids going to school like i you don't need that kind of movement that frenetic energy <laughs> it, it added nothing to the scene it, it was distracting really well what we failed uh, to mention is that this is actually a found footage film <laughs> it's not though <laughs> it's not for the record it is not a found footage movie but for some reason you can tell that from the jiggles of the camera movement this was usually handheld which maybe this was a super low budget movie like they couldn't afford they couldn't afford a tripod or like a dolly or anything so they gave all the money to cage for his 10 minutes on screen and then because i don't know apparently he charges a million dollars for a roll sometimes like hey, um, and he really earned it in this one yeah. by being a fucking great dad that is another thing I felt annoyed that I had to watch this movie partially because there was so little Nicolas Cage in it. it. Like he wasn't really impactful. Most of it wasn't about him. And I'm okay with that sometimes, but his character wasn't worthwhile. You know what I mean? I was more upset at Sonny for that. Okay. I was pretty upset Sonny, with Sonny. He too. was in it for maybe two minutes. But when he did show up, he was awesome. Yeah. Right, he I, was interesting, I but that movie was way worse. I agree with you guys that, that I wish that was a worse movie. The whole I'll time I was watching this movie, I wish I was watching Sunny. I felt I feel the same way. You know, I'm hearing you, and I'm feeling the same way. <laughs> I can't agree with no. you about that, my friend Sunny. I don't ever want to see again. But that uh, didn't win, right? No, that didn't. Win. Oh, thank what God. did Sunny go up against? What are what are we doing? Was here? that G Force? Was it? No, no. Oh, because uh, G Force was against Stolen. Because I voted for that. I oh, would yeah. never vote 
for Sunny, even if it was against G Force, G Force was gonna win that. Wait, G Force was up against. I thought it was up against that fucking the the ghost movie. Pay the ghost? No, that was Ghost Rider. That yeah. was our Halloween oh, that's episode right, that I didn't want... okay. came out in September. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next week's our Christmas episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, um the uh, um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah, no. Um, Sunny was great. This was not great. <laughs> this is a mad movie. Yeah, like, yeah. It, I, I would like this movie if, if better done, but in its current state, it's a chore to watch, and uh, not, not good, not good. This gets a Nick stamp of disapproval, <laughs> and uh, this yeah. movie definitely seems like one of those Netflix original movies that no one talks about, and you only see on Netflix like. At two in the morning when you're like, oh, I really need to put something on. And you wonder what the fuck it is, but not enough to stop and like watch the trailer or yeah. read the description. Yeah. You're just like, oh, they made that? And I, I feel like the this movie would have would have been a lot better if they had done like more than one take for each scene. Because it really <laughs> felt like they're one taking them. Yeah, even Cage doesn't like put his he does not give a shit about this role. His lines seem really half-hearted a lot of the time. But Yeah, it kind of felt like uh, an SNL sketch that they kind of uh, threw in the schedule at dress rehearsal, and <laughs> nobody knew what was happening, and uh, they all had to uh, read their lines off of cards and uh, do a poor job of pretending that they weren't. So, <laughs> Well, uh, with that, I think we're going to take a break and hopefully refresh so we're not as fucking choppy and weird in the next bit. But uh, if you enjoyed that, uh, if you if you saw Inconceivable and enjoyed it, I've got um, this, I gotta say fuck you. Anyways, uh, <laughs> goodbye. Uh, ding ding ding, break time. Uh, if you like this movie, I hope you can never have kids. I I mean, it wasn't that bad of a movie. Ooh, <laughs> it was fine. Fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, we had a we had a bit of a philosophical monkey's paw question. Yes, uh, I believe Amber brought it up to him oh. as well. What? Uh, that if you, what if oh, you, the vagina thing. <laughs> if you wished no. on a monkey's paw that you were became a child, but then only your genitals reverted back to their child state. See, it's this Brian Singerish mental gymnastics <laughs> that comes from him that makes me. <laughs> I'm gonna kill wait, myself wait, wait. the moment isn't Dave that, says we're recording. Isn't that the game <laughs> you're a part of? <laughs> hey. Did you want me to record that? Nope, I did. <laughs> cool, because I did. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I'm gonna go take a piss, but we're rolling. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna take credit Don't for worry, that monkey's paw that question, uh, <laughs> but if it goes viral, I do want to credit, so. Um, uh, all right, so we're here today to talk about 2.11. It's a new day. <laughs> we passed midnight over the last 20 minutes that we were taking a break for. No, we didn't. Apparently, I'm just as fucking weird as I was last time, even though I thought I was different. 2.11, guys. Uh, yeah, 2.11. Uh, the amount of times that I have wished that I could disappear from existence 
while recording this episode. <laughs> yeah, the amount of times I checked how much time was remaining in the movie during the course of this. Oh, yeah. 211. I remember almost nothing about this movie, so mm-hmm. I'm going to be great commentary. Yeah, uh, yeah. Zach uh, it admitted to not watching it, and we're not going <laughs> to hold his feet over the fire. It, it's not that I didn't watch it. It's just that it was on in the room I was in. He got too <laughs> horny from the terrorism, yeah, uh, and he freaking had to leave the room. It's actually, it's that fire emblem, man. It's just three that houses. Fire is so good emblem. Uh, yeah, and uh, at this, at the point you're hearing this, old news. Well, it's like I beat that like ten years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first fire emblem. The, yes. <laughs> Which one? The one that came out only in Japan or the first American release one? Both. Uh, we're all about American here. Oh, that Fire Emblem's really good. Uh, I've only played one Fire Emblem, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, and that's what I have to say about that. 211! <laughs> How's everybody doing? Hey, 211 came out in 2018. Rated R. Directed by York Shackleton, a man who I think made up his name. Because <laughs> no one has named that. <laughs> York Alec Shackleton. Uh, definitely uh, part of the Witness Protection Program, but somehow still decided to be a director. Yeah. Uh, not a famous one, though. Uh, and uh, for the... Uh, do you have anything for the budget of this movie? Or nope. I Couldn't find the budget or the box office gross anywhere. Production company for this is Millennium Films. A company that... Uh, has not been around for a thousand years, so I yeah. And they didn't build the freaking Han Solo's uh, spaceship car, so yeah. What, what fucking claim do they have to this name? Yeah, and they didn't. They didn't fucking write the Backstreet Boys album. I can tell you that. <laughs> any other? Any other ones we can do? Um, Y two K jokes? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, will any? No, we'll we'll just we yeah. can we can move on. Yeah, I've, I've will, got plenty. Will two K. <laughs> will two K. Um. So, runtime at 86 minutes. Still too long. Yeah, a little bit. But, here's, here's the kicker. Reviews? Rotten Tomatoes? 5% on Tomato Meter? Which means it got better reviews than Deadfall, I would like to say. I don't that know. That does not sound right. <laughs> it, yeah, Dead, Deadfall got a 0% on the Tomato Meter. Deadfall's so good, though. See, um, like, how does Deadfall get... Terrible reviews. I don't know but why like that compared- movie doesn't get more credit or a higher cult status because I feel like it really is. I don't know. It's something to behold. It's fun. <laughs> when you tell me five percent of uh, critics reviewed this movie favorably, that just tells me that five percent of the critics who watched this movie were paid off by somebody. Yeah, <laughs> and that probably went into the budget of this movie. Um, although it doesn't surprise me that we were not able to find the budget for this one because. It legitimately felt like, like I know I said the last one felt like a slightly better than average Lifetime movie. This legitimately felt like a TV movie. Yeah. Well, that's good because it was a direct TV, direct to TV movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was a T-Rash. <laughs> T-Rash. It's uh, related to the T-Rex, but, but not nearly as awesome. A lot more itchy. Yeah. Uh, audience <laughs> score of 10%. Uh, so one in ten human beings liked this, who are not critics, and none of them are here now. So, so some some fun facts, some trivia. I uh, I got I got like nothing here. I mean, Cage broke his ankle while filming. 
uh, yeah, that uh, resulted in him being uh, out of action for two weeks. Um, That's why you never see him standing in the entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Except Uh, when he's jogging. Yeah, they, they luckily they got the jogging seed. <laughs> well, uh, they already had stock footage of Nicholas Cage jogging. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they, they either cut that from something else, or they they every time he does a movie, they just film the jogging scenes right off the bat because we're like <laughs> we're gonna need a bunch of these. We're gonna we'll just throw them in wherever we need a a quick cut. Um, Nicholas Cage described this movie as disappointing and admitted that he didn't like the final cut. Um, and. <laughs> Does that mean there's a cut of this movie out there that's good? Uh, if there is, nobody's seen it. Um, <laughs> Not even the editor who cut it. <laughs> and uh, because uh, this is a this is based on a, a true event, the 1997 uh, North Hollywood shootout um, that we all know about. Yeah, um, and I, totally. Apparently, when uh, Nicolas Cage came across this script, he was uh, pretty excited about it. Thought it sounded like it would be a a real rip roaring good time and even he agrees that that did not happen um it's usually pretty bad if your biggest name actor in a movie comes out and's like yeah this wasn't great <laughs> yeah he's, he pulled a real friggin uh mark hamill because <laughs> last jedi <laughs> movie topical uh, <laughs> and uh, so this is the sixth collaboration between Nicolas Cage and Millennium Films after Wicker Man, Bad Lieutenant, Border Call, New Orleans Drive, Angry Trespass, and Stolen, the movie that was not good enough to defeat G-Force, the greatest movie. It should have been, though. Uh, but it I wasn't. can see the same makers of Stolen making this movie, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stolen was better than this, though. I'll say that, I think. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me but of Stolen. But it still wasn't good. It reminds no. me of Stolen because it sucked and Nick loves it. <laughs> Um, hey man, stolen. Uh, you know that scene where he's fucking talking about his dad is is cinematic gold. I'm put. I'm using that somewhere. There's I'm gonna some, have to cut it and put it in. There's something. some great stuff in stolen. Um, and check. Yeah, like the when it ends and you can turn it off. I oh, love that part. Shit. That's how I feel about probably seventy percent of the movies we've watched thus far. I so. love the scene in stolen where you find the villain. Find out the villain is uh, actually not Matthew McConaughey even though you had thought that he was for the whole time. Um, hey, and now for everyone's favorite segment, the Cage Stylin' Report. Okay, in this, in this film, he's sporting a police uniform. And we all know Nick loves a man in uniform. That's true. Loves a man in uniform because... Nick back in, backs the badge. <laughs> the way the way they tailor these cop pants, you can really see their bulge, and it drives Nick wild. Mm-hmm. You know, and I gotta gotta stare at that. And if it's cut right, which in this I didn't really pay attention because I couldn't be bothered to pay much attention to this movie. But that's all he wears for this movie. I think he also wears like a gray T-shirt and blue jeans. But that's the cage style on report for this one. <laughs> he was just talking about bulges, and then you were like, if it's cut right, and I was like, shit, is this a circumcision joke? <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> the, I decided the, retroactively that it was. <laughs> yeah, because uh, so there's um, a bit of a friggin' torture um, in the beginning of this movie, um, and instead of Nicolas Cage getting his uh, ear lobe cut off or whatever, um, somebody circumcises him uh, yeah. right there. We, in, we do get torture for anyone with a basic understanding of how a computer works. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, the very opening of this movie, 
we get about at least one minute solid. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot of time because you're used to hyperbole, but I'm talking a literal minute of screen time where it is just shots of a lady typing on a keyboard as a Matrix style screen. Because I say Matrix style because it's all green and looks like 90s computers. Because that's how hackers do it. Yeah. She's obviously, if she stops, it's like speed. If she stops typing, if she takes her foot off the gas pedal, the computer will explode. (laughs) It's true. Well, we all know in order to make the loading bar go quicker, you got to type as fast as you can. You got to type whatever you can think of. (laughs) And which is true. Like, whatever she's typing doesn't fucking matter because there's just a loading bar that says transferring files. And she's not actually typing anything at all. I don't understand how whoever was filming this didn't catch that or, or like See, whoever cgi'd the screen on afterwards didn't like think about this i'm willing to give take, it was a good take but if you could hack just a little bit harder <laughs> yeah. i'm just willing to give this lady the benefit of the doubt because there's a lot of times at work when i'm clicking clacking away just to, to try and see seem busy so the friggin' boss man doesn't come <laughs> crushing down on me and uh you know what if she was, you know, trying to play Flappy Bird on her phone or Garfield food truck and, you know, there was a loading screen and she didn't want to get caught. Yeah, click like away, dude. I think I think we should get sponsored by Garfield food truck at this point because <laughs> you've mentioned them enough that I think I, I'm going to talk to them about getting some ads. You're a big fan. I see. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, the only reason I bring it up is because I hope to one day have the version of the app without advertisements in it. Um, <laughs> so should I download Garfield food truck? <laughs> Yeah, see, and help me get past level 289 or whatever let's the do fuck. A, let's do a test ad right now. Go. go. Have you ever wanted to match three to release the lasagna from its prison? Well, guess what? Uh, you can do it with your old pals. John. Garfield and Odie. Odie, he's Odie. my favorite. And he's here to freaking get the avocados off the dang screen. So we can and free the avocado. Exactly. We're trying to, we're gonna free the freaking lasagnas, and uh, we're gonna pop the bubbles that are imprisoning our eggs. Do you get to mail normal to Abu Dhabi? Um, I think that's the DLC, which <laughs> I, I I I haven't paid for this yet. Well, now I'm upset with them because I don't uh, I. I want that in the base content. Like that—that that yeah. shouldn't. This I should pay have to, to pay bullshit. Yeah, to fucking pay to ship normal to Abu Dhabi. I've been dreaming of that since I was five years old, and I first read that comic. First, you got to get the um, the skin from the loot crate that looks like a box uh, with a Abu Dhabi uh, destination on it, um, and then you got to get the normal skin uh, where uh, normal looks distressed because uh, they're getting put in a box. Um, oh yeah. So. <laughs> It's a whole lot of things you have to gather together before you can send off Nermal. Ah, uh-uh. so well, th- this is a good test print. I'm gonna send this off to their uh, marketing team, see if they're cool with it, and uh, with any luck, you'll be hearing more of that in the future. That well, great content. Richard Kyle Metz says this is a fun game and I love it, and I'm a huge Garfield fan, so it's perfect game if you like figure out things and love Garfield. I love figuring out things, and even though I have said time and time again that Richard J Metz is a fucking moron he got it right this one time great games lots of challenge also great if you're a fan of garfield because the humor is there and all your favorite characters lots of challenge 
<laughs> Sometimes I can't even complete a freaking level because I'm busting my shit so hard at how funny he is about the Mondays. <laughs> I'm 39 and I love both of the Garfield games. So entertaining. What other Garfield game? There's. <laughs> I, it, wait. Um, There's either two Garfield games or a million Garfield I games. I think I don't you know. can oh. play like a version of <laughs> There's like, Garfield Rush, Talking Garfield, Garfield Living Large, Garfield My Big Fat Diet, Garfield Snack Time, Garfield Daily, Garfield Cart, Garfield Snaps, Garfield Food Truck, Garfield Smog Buster. So that Garfield guy's review should have been I'm, checkers for kids. I'm 39 and I don't know Garfield how to Garfield Chef Match 3 Puzzle, Garfield Go <laughs> yeah. AR Treasure Hunt, Garfield 4 in a Row for Kids, Why Garfield so Chess for Kids, Garfield Sticker Tap, realize that Garfield were Math still Run, Garfield Box Screen, Talking Garfield Pro. Well, see, Garfield, Garfield has had a oh, resurgence like uh, in the meme That community. looks like about it. Oh, okay. So th that was all he could find. There's not enough out there. <laughs> Garfield fight. Garfield, Gar, Gar, Field, Field, Gar, Field, Garfield. Oh, I got a food truck and I gotta <laughs> get the lasagna. That was a perfect Garfield impression. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so getting back into two eleven, oh, uh, where we last left off, a lady was typing furiously to transfer so files. So you know the first thirty seconds. Um, and uh, just real quick before we hop back into it, I just wanted to go through one thing from my notes. Um, should have called it three eleven because this movie is a beautiful disaster. <laughs> um, and it does take place uh, seven months before the Nicolas Cage World Trade Center movie. <laughs> Never forget. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, never forget. Never forget. I'm supposed to. So after this lady transfers the files, <laughs> they they walk out to a car, and an incredibly poorly paced action scene ensues as they are ambushed. They stop every two seconds to show the face of the guy who just shot the gun for a good solid five seconds. It's really fucking weird. There's a lot of shots of a guy go like aiming down the sights, going. Phew. And then he, like, leans away from the gun and just looks at the camera while it holds on him for a long time. Well, because he's like, hey, uh, should I go? Are we done? <laughs> go to the next scene? Was that enough? <laughs> Did I hit the thing that I'm looking at? Because I have to look away from the gun to find out. So, uh, apparently, this team of people who just killed this guy because... Okay, wait, hold on. I didn't explain that. <laughs> The people who transferred the computer files get murdered by a mysterious group of mercenaries who apparently were employed by this group of people transferring the computer files, but were never paid. This is never truly referenced again. <laughs> and uh, honestly, this scene is pointless other than to show that these guys are good at killing people. And um, now we move on to about eight scenes in a row, all involving completely different people. Uh, I have a very hard time following because it seems like every scene is unrelated to the last. You are introduced to new characters. There's a, a, a kid being bullied at school, uh, a cop and his wife who just conceived a child, a lady who works for Interpol who is investigating these mercenaries, uh, and um, it's just an old couple, which the old couple never comes up again. I don't really know they, why they were in there, but the rest of them do come back. Yeah, they introduce so many people at the start of this movie. Um, it's impossible to know who we're supposed to be remembering and why. And literally all these uh, introductory scenes happen in succession in like three minutes. Mm -hmm. And at this point I'm thinking the movie is called 211 because there are 211 unrelated scenes back to back. 
211 characters. <laughs> so, now, the Interpol lady is confronting an arms dealer who she believes supplied the weapons that the mercenary team used to kill those people. Then the bully's kid's mom is being reprimanded by the principal because the kid fought back. And, uh, yeah, I know that's jarring and doesn't make sense to have those back to back. And but that's all that happens in those two scenes. And they're right back to back. And that's after all of those other unrelated scenes I talked about. This uh, movie yeah. is just fucking all over the place constantly until the action starts. And then, makes, then it's uh, boring. <laughs> makes inconceivable seem like it was well constructed. Almost. <laughs> so. Uh, one of the mercenaries goes in a diner across the street and straps like a phone bomb to the bottom of a table there, then leaves. Uh, it's all part of their brilliant plan to blow up an unrelated diner for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think um, they had like ordered a breakfast sandwich um, and it came out really hot like it, like it does at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. um, so they just blew the place up. So... We see uh, Cage is the father of that cop, or of that cop's wife, the one who just him and his wife were conceiving a child, and they also work together on the force. Cage is a cop, too. Yes, they're, they're partners. Cops. They're partners, which is weird. I didn't think they would assign, like, a guy and his son-in-law to be partners. It but... does seem off, especially mm. because uh, he has to, like, pick his son-in-law up uh, for work in the morning after friggin' railing his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they make some uh, awkward eye contact, which uh, leads us to believe that the father-daughter relationship ain't so fresh. Nope. But that's never addressed again. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently, it, the daughter does say at the start, like, she's got a rough relationship with Cage, her dad. Never brought up again. Just another unresolved plot line in this movie. And uh, she's another, how do we say this, uh, pointless character, uh, which this movie is littered with. Yeah. I think that's one of the problems with a lot of, like, based on true events or whatever st kind of stories, where it's they try to fit in, like, all these, like, insignificant people that were, like, there for real. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, for a movie that doesn't make it Yeah, better. you gotta have a, like, a plot structure and, like... yeah. Even if you are adapting real events, if you're making it into a movie, you have to take movie considerations into it and make an entertaining thing or something to watch. If you want to talk about all those other people, make a documentary then, you know? Like, uh, it kind of reminds me of USS Indianapolis, where it's just like, yeah. why do I care about any of these things? <laughs> yeah, this, the, the, this movie gave me the same feel as the trailer for that uh, Boston Marathon bombing movie with Mark Wahlberg. And uh, hey, if you enjoyed that, maybe this is for you. But uh, <laughs> that's a thing. That is a thing. It's called yeah, I don't like a call that. But... It's called like a Patriots Day or something. And what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it only it came out like because a couple it's years so ago. patriotic to have bombers blow up a marathon. There's <laughs> like... nothing more patriotic than one being from Boston and two coming together in a time of uh friggin' explosions and Mark Explosion. Wahlberg and Mark Wahlberg because. He's actually from Boston, and he's actually racist. <laughs> so he's well, more American. Uh, he's basically a Boston cop already. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just lost all our Boston cop viewers now. Thanks. Oops. Damn. <laughs> well. Uh, so Cage as a cop is complaining in the seat. Uh, 
that everyone nowadays has a camera and a lawyer and is holding police accountable for their actions. <laughs> and he's just yelling about it. I can't shoot anybody anymore because I got a goddamn camera strapped to my chest. Uh, so... Uh, while that's going on, the the bullied black kid, I guess, to straighten him out or something, they sent him on a police ride along <laughs> because yes. they're straightening him out because he fought back against the bullies. For the record, um, yeah, he he was literally in a bathroom and he was assaulted by a group of people, and now he's being punished by being yelled at by cops. Yeah. But you think, like, of all the people, the cops would be like, "Hey, like, we understand why you did this, uh-huh. right?" Like. If they knew any of what happened, I feel like there would be some sympathy, but they literally approach him and they're like, you fucked up and now you have to do this. And it was very, very weird energy from uh, them just approaching a high schooler. Yeah. And, uh, oh, for the record, the high school kid is named Kenny. And, uh, And, oh my God, they killed him. (laughs) (laughs) It was sad. They killed him. Yeah, like, first scene in the movie, it was just fucking crazy. Like, yeah. I, I was like, why did you put this in a movie? You just and introduced they, a kid, and then you just fucking kill him? They like, make his dead body go on this rhino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they try to do a Weekend at Bernie's thing, but, like, it's not working. He's wearing sunglasses, but his skull is exploded <laughs> open. <laughs> so, while he's going on the ride-along, he's uh, taking videos of the cops with his phone. Cage doesn't like that because he doesn't like phones and being held accountable for kids these days. <laughs> but like, how's he supposed to like show this kid how you know the cops are like supposed to go like kill people and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the mercenaries are now robbing a bank, and uh, they see that cops are coming close, so they detonate the phone bomb in the restaurant across the street from the bank. I don't really understand their plan i don't (laughs) i just like that their plan is to steal i think it's like a million dollars or like a million and change or something like that yeah yeah and they're using gear that probably costs like well over that (laughs) maybe half as much Mm -hmm. if they were frugal (laughs) honestly just sell that shit to a bunch of other terrorists and then like go get a job at ben and jerry's or something (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah also um I believe banks don't keep in their vault any more than $500,000 at a time. Uh, why don't, do you know don't, this, Nick? Don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> F- FBI, don't you be watching me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, FBI, we just watched Trapped in Paradise. We, that's the only reason why we hear about these things. <laughs> <laughs> we are grade A bank robbers now. We watch Trapped in Paradise. <laughs> exactly. We, we, we know when, when we go to a diner across the street, we're going to fetch a guy, not blow it up for no reason. Yeah, and we're, we're going to bring the, the entire up. diner over. Yeah. And the, then we're going to do, like, stretches and yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, they're super lucky Nicolas Cage wasn't in heat, because if we had seen that dude, we'd be fucking on our way to Mexico already. <laughs> so, yeah, Trapped in Paradise was a pretty good movie. I'd recommend it. Yeah, I like Trapped in Paradise. It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it was... It, it was, it was uh, good, charming. Good it was charming. Comedy. It was charming. And I so, wish John Lovitz had some better dialogue, but yeah. Yeah. So let's get a countdown. Three. <laughs> oh god. No. But um. So, uh, after the bomb explodes, Cage and Steve, who is his partner's name, is Steve. Uh, they hear about this and they're like, "Well, we we've got this kid riding along. We can't take him to the scene of this exploding." bomb so let's go check out this guy who's parked illegally near the scene of the explosion <laughs> i 
didn't get the logic, but surprise, surprise, this guy who's parked illegally near the scene of the explosion, he's one of the mercenaries. He's the getaway driver. <laughs> and when he sees the cops pull up, he just lets loose with his MP5, just wrecking... Sorry, the great Foley kicking in. Yeah, that was impressive. I thought he had a real gun. I have goose pimples right now. I'm trying to pursue a career in Foley. Please, Nick, put the gun down. Uh, in that watermelon that you keep making squishy sounds with. Yeah, well, hmm. I'm not putting away the watermelon for the record. I'm going to have fun with this later. But um, anyways, he's so he's opening fire. <laughs> he's got that. <laughs> he opens fire I on Cage and die. Steve's car and Cage and Steve kill the guy. But Steve gets shot in the leg in the process. More cops show up. There's a shootout between the mercenaries and the cops mercenaries are just fucking murdering all these cops there's just like a lot of gunfire yeah like, like at least five cops die yeah um, a lot of dudes getting slumped yeah and uh i don't really know what their plan is their plan was to rob a bank for a million dollars and for some and reason every- they believe their best course of action was to get into a massive shootout and cause explosions everyone <laughs> knows like when you think of like great bank heist movies it's always the ones where they just go in and just start shooting everybody and blowing up buildings. <laughs> blowing up Think everything. about it this way. You show up to the scene of the bank. You cause a million dollars in damage. And then when the cops show up with the million dollars to fix the damage, <laughs> you just take that and drive off. Yeah. Perfect idea. Boom. Bada bing. So Steve, Cage's son-in-law cop partner, he, uh, is laying there dying from this gunshot wound in the leg. I guess he's bleeding out. And he has Kenny, right along kid, record a message to his wife and unborn child as he's dying on the phone. And he starts talking to his child directly and says, like, hey, I'm sorry, I can't... S- you gotta see me like this and I look terrible. And the whole time I'm thinking, dude, you should never let your kids see this. You are You're, dying! You are literally like- moments <laughs> away from death and recording yourself like, disoriented and saying, like, hey, kid... I hope you freaking, uh, uh, you're never going to meet me, but we, uh, we would have tossed the ball around. <laughs> we would have played catch, Tommy. I, I hope you're a boy and she names you Tommy. <laughs> oh, if, you, oh, if you're a girl, I'm going to come back to life and haunt the fuck out of you, dude. <laughs> but yeah, so after that, the cops all run off and just leave Kenny behind for some reason. I don't really know why. Steve dies also. Well, um, but not before saying... I'm going to die here. <laughs> and then he, he does. does. He's, he's prophetic. He, uh, yeah. He's, he's, I believe his name is uh, Steve Nostradamus. Yeah, that, that was the full <laughs> name. It's based on a true story, and it's the story of Nostradamus. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Nostradamus from uh, the famous 1997 oh. North Hollywood <laughs> shootout. Uh, yeah, Kenny gets separated from the cops, uh, and I don't... I don't it, I couldn't tell if these mercenaries were like just blindly firing uh, into any body they could see, but there's this poor kid who's just uh, like trying to run the opposite direction and he's getting shot at. Yeah, like, it's just clearly not a cop. Like four cops go by in uniform. This is like a 16 year old kid that yes, is just. You, that could have been an undercover cop. <laughs> yeah, you are wasting ammunition on this kid that you are not going to kill. He ends up uh, like hopping in the back of a empty truck yep. just hanging out there and now his phone's dead but he jury rigs a way to charge it with a nine volt battery and a car charger i'm like cool and at first i was skeptical because car car chargers are meant to charge off of 12 volt 
12 volts, and a 9-volt battery is obviously 9 volts, but uh, I looked it up, and you can do it. Uh, so, hey, it works. Myth busted. Yeah. But my question is, why didn't he just plug it into the car that he was in, which, why would the battery have been dead on this car? It's just sitting there parked. Like, I, I don't, well, I, I don't I understand. Mean, doesn't the car uh, have to be started? No. For... No, you can charge. You'll kill the battery, but you can still charge it. Let's go on and fucking do it right now, dude. All right. Yeah, we can prove it right now. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but yeah, he uses his phone to call his mom and tell her that he's okay and where he is. And then, uh, yeah. Right before his phone conveniently dies. Because he gets, he gets 1% of juice. He calls his mom, who is maybe the worst actor in this entire movie. Um, and they have a heart-to-heart that uh, made me... The opposite of emotional. <laughs> Makes you angry? Uh, well, I guess that's an emotion. <laughs> yeah. I I just... Uh, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. Uh, then, honestly, about 20 minutes of this movie go by where I don't take any notes because nothing that's happening matters. The Interpol lady, I will say, is periodically showing up throughout this for whatever reason, but... Because it's Interpol. Yeah, it's... She doesn't fucking matter, though. Her character had no purpose in this movie whatsoever. And, uh, okay, wait. Here's, here's her one saving grace. So a lot of things happen but don't matter, and the mercs decide to plan their escape. But it fails as they get shot up by the cops, and one of them's about to kill Nicolas Cage, but then Kenny comes out of nowhere, out of hiding, and kills the guy who's gonna kill Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage is like, thanks, 16-year-old kid who just... Shot that guy. Saved my life. You, I hope you're not scarred by this. But and then <laughs> can't and, ward off bullies, but you can murder somebody. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, the other, another mercenary that's running away gets killed by Interpol lady. So she did have one purpose in this movie, and that is to kill that guy who could have been killed by any of the other characters. <laughs> but you wanted to look at that lady and say, "Hey, she's been in this movie mm-hmm. previously. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think." So, and then all the SWAT team members that were there were useless. They just shot their guns a lot, but they didn't hit any mercenaries. And uh, so, after that, we get Cage and his daughter hugging in the back of an ambulance as Cage is leaving because he got shot. And then cut to Cage jogging. (laughs) Apparently he's recovered. And he jogs right into a surprise birthday party. And who's there but his daughter, his granddaughter who's born now, not his son-in-law because he died. His (laughs) son-in-law was there. Oh, wait, he was? Yeah. I thought he died. He, in this scene, they reveal that he was alive, I think. Because at first I was like, wait, is this like a fever what? dream? Force ghost? <laughs> I, I thought it, it was going to, he was going to like wake up uh, on a stretcher or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, Steve was uh, still alive yeah. at the end, apparently. <laughs> I guess I missed that because I was just like, yes, it's finally ending. He spent <laughs> so much time whining about how he's going to die and he can't even do that right yeah what a jerk what a piece of shit and kenny and his mom are there too and they all have a rip rollicking good time and uh cage is like hey kenny do you still have that phone you always carry around with you i want to use it to take pictures of my granddaughter and then kenny's like haha yeah you and phone hate because that's that's the thing. Cage hates phones. You're a freaking boomer. And you hate phones. <laughs> and then literally the uh, the the final line of this movie is uh, Nicolas Cage playfully saying, "Let's take some pics. Let's t- let's take some new pics." Cut to credits. It was a very thematically relevant line to close on. And 
So, thoughts. This movie baffled me. <laughs> Let's uh, not watch this movie again. I so there's there is two things happening simultaneously with this movie, which are a little bit contradictory. Where it it felt like it was dragging, but also every time I checked the runtime, I was like, "How am I an hour into this movie because nothing has happened?" <laughs> Seriously, like that's the, that's why it felt like it was dragging because it didn't utilize its time to do anything. I just thought it was weird that of like two movies, I thought that the one that was like a bank heist would draw my attention in yes so when i saw heist in the description i was like cool let's let's see some explosions but then it's this (laughs) this is i i can't even describe how painful this movie was to watch it was one of the most unwatchable movies i've seen in a very very long time yeah. And at first, and I, we watch a lot of unwatchable movies. Yeah, especially just for this podcast. Yeah, normally <laughs> I'm not watching unwatchable movies this often, uh, but this was just hard. Yeah, it, it felt it felt painful. Uh, so yeah, attitude. it was uh, it was one of the better ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the editing in this movie was terrible. It kills any sense of pacing. Like, the action scenes are cut too slowly. Like, they they hold on scenes for much longer than they need to, and it kills any sense of, like, impending danger or anything like that. And then the, the dialogue and stuff, like, goes by, you know, like, quickly without you being able to tell what the fuck is going on in the plot. Like, everything's zipping by. There's too many characters. There are just... Way too many fucking characters to keep yeah. track of. And none of them matter. Not one bit. The Interpol lady could have been lifted out of this movie and not a fucking thing would have changed in the least bit. Her plot didn't matter. Kenny really didn't matter, honestly. I mean, like, I, I think if they just focused on the relationship between Kenny and those cops, could have been a more interesting movie. But instead, they had to throw in Interpol lady... They had to throw in all the scenes with the mercenaries doing their planning. I call them mercenaries, but I I don't know. They're just people who want to rob a bank and kill police. And they don't really have a good plan to rob the bank either. Their plan is to go in the bank and then kill people. Until (laughs) they get the money. I mean. (laughs) And the heartfelt scenes that they try and go for aren't earned in the slightest. You have no attachment to any of the characters, so you're not getting anything from it. The action is bad and not interesting. The writers should be fucking ashamed. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. You're pretty I'm really passionate bad. about yeah, this. The the, uh, the heist felt like um, they were they were doing a Grand Theft Auto Five heist, and they picked all the cheapest options uh, for like uh, you know helping hands, and uh, everything went wrong. Yeah, I I know you guys were saying like about five minutes into this movie, you were like, I don't, I can't do this. I felt exactly that same way five minutes into the movie. And I was already like, holy shit, I can't, I can't take this. And I, uh, about 20 minutes into the movie, I literally said to myself, I need a drink right now. <laughs> and I had to go up. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon, which isn't too late, but I poured myself some straight whiskey <laughs> to get through this fucking movie because I couldn't do this sober. <laughs> it was- honestly, most times if somebody told me that, um, they had completely checked out five minutes into a movie, I would not really take their stance on the movie as credible. 
but I cannot stress enough that this movie truly right off the bat was just completely terrible. <laughs> I was like second guessing myself, wondering if I was being too harsh, but it was truly atrocious. I just find this so showing that like we've watched a lot of bad movies on this podcast. Like, yeah, we've watched really bad movies. And this is one where I think all of us just like could not sit and just watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was under 90 minutes and it was too long. (laughs) This was the first movie where I I. Legitimately, every movie up to this point, I have eyes glued to the screen. Occasionally, I had to pause and like do something and just take a break that, it, but because they were bad. But I still devoted my attention fully to the movie when it was on. This movie, I was like, I can't fucking do this, man. <laughs> and I started. I I just brought down my laptop and I started editing photos in Lightroom <laughs> to, because I couldn't. I couldn't. Like I I couldn't devote my attention. I couldn't let this movie waste my life <laughs> so i think all you listeners know which movie's going forward and we're watching 211 again we're watching two el- i'm gonna keep watching it until i've watched it 211 <laughs> times maybe that's what this movie is saying that it's better with repetition and once you get to that 211th mark everything makes sense yeah and it's amazing yeah, because at that point, you're attached to Interpol Lady. And, and you like, know the characters. Don't you dare take Interpol Lady out of this movie. Well, yeah. Um, well, the other thing I was going to say is, like, about uh, ten minutes before the end of this movie, I was I had a moment where I was like, Jesus Christ, how much of this movie is left? Like, I, I can't take this anymore. And I looked at it, and I was like, holy shit, it's only ten minutes. Like... The finish line is in sight, but at the same time, I was like, how are there only 10 minutes left? Because the plot hasn't moved at all, <laughs> and they're not at a point where this can resolve. Like, it's just, God. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil my vote, but um, I can say with confidence that for me, this is the worst movie that we have watched so far. We're, this is, what, 22 movies in? Yeah. Uh, um, it was I'm, bad. It was really bad. I don't know if I would say it's the worst just yet. Hear me out. The one that takes it for me is Sunny, and that's just because it's almost twice as long as this movie. <laughs> and, well, uh, I think there are movies I hate more than this movie. Like, this was just bad cinematography, like, mm. all around. Like, yeah, bad writing, bad acting, bad No bad redeeming everything. qualities. Yeah. Where a lot of the other movies we've watched have made me angry at like something where it's just like, this is really bad in this one specific thing that it's, I'm getting angry watching. I didn't get that fully from this movie. This was more of just a very broad. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the worst thing about it was that like, there was nothing to even get mad at. There, there was just, everything was inconsequential. Well, the, the computer clacking scene at the very first shot of the movie <laughs> did make me kind that of mad. Because yeah. I was like, this but, isn't even good, like, hacker nonsense. Well, that's this one is of just, those things that's in so many movies that you're, like, it's just a it's trope true, now. But th- I feel like they fucked up that trope even because she was <laughs> typing to a loading bar. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not trying to defend them. <laughs> I know. Um, and I, so I did write... Um, a review for this movie. Um, if you guys would let me um, indulge myself. Uh, you have the floor. Um, 
So I normally I wouldn't you Wait, know just mo- read my reviews on air, but let me let me get this uh let me get my uh my review all set. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, let me hold on. I get it. Let me get it up here. Um, hold That's on. That's what one his uh, girlfriend says to him too. One second. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. It's we've got Wi-Fi hey. stuff going on. Okay. Uh, okay. So my review of two eleven. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's it. All right, let's get into review. Yeah, yeah I, so I that like it. sums it up pretty well. Absolutely not. Shall we vote, gentlemen? Dave, could we just this one, one time? We need a break here, man. We truly. We just watched it. No, fuck off! I'm not doing it. All right. Uh, we really need a new engineer. Um. All right. Let's. Let's okay. Let's three, two, two, one, one. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. 2-11. I changed my vote. 2-11. I, I just want that on record. Nick voted for 2-11. <laughs> Nick voted for 2-11, the worst movie I have seen this year. Mm. Yeah, it's really bad. And I saw Catherine Grelly's Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> you really hate that one. <laughs> that, that was the lowest ranked movie for me. Uh, really? I do keep you had that lower than Sunny? Yeah, I keep a ranking Zandalee's too. worse. I I have a lot of movies below Sunny actually. Really? Uh, not that I enjoyed Sunny <laughs> by any stretch. Uh, but yeah, two eleven sucks. And Nick, uh, loves children and exposing himself <laughs> to them. Not true at all. He loves three eleven. <laughs> he loves three eleven, and he loves listening to the song Amber and singing it to. <laughs> Young children to lure them in. He's just trying to diffuse away attention from the fact that he's a liar and he hates G Force and he's manipulating you. When a man who hates G Force spend twenty two ninety five plus shipping on a t shirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, he did do that. We we do gotta get a banner. We are gonna get a banner. And it'll be the last day of his life. I, so you know how like at military funerals they have the flag over the coffin? <laughs> G-Force banner We're going to have a G-Force banner on your coffin and we're going to dump it into the ocean. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, fine. I always wanted my, my funeral to not be a sad time and they can all laugh at me for having a fucking G-Force. Oh, no, we're going to make it really sad. <laughs> uh, G-Force has the emotional depth that caused me to cry. That's uh, true. When I... I wasn't sure they were going to get out of that pet store. When the one fat hamster is dead, but then the cake brings him back. Because he's so fat. I'm still pissed that he didn't fart his way back to existence. He's so fucking fat. <laughs> they were brothers. Okay, <sighs> oh. bye. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, next week, we will be talking about National Treasure Book of Secrets. That's the second <laughs> That's one. The second yes. one. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, Thank I you. actually kind of am too. After like the slog of things that we've been through, and, and uh, I know you're really excited for the movie that it's going up against, <laughs> Christmas Carol, <laughs> the movie. Oh yeah, which I had no fucking idea Cage was ever in a rendition of Christmas Carol. But also, this is a hard one to find because there's a million different Christmas renditions Carols. of a Christmas Carol, and uh, I, 
I know this one, it's like an animated kids movie, but I'm really hoping that there's some aspect of it that is like a gritty dystopian future <laughs> version of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, join us next week for those. And uh, don't watch 211. Don't do it. Just don't. don't. You probably shouldn't watch Inconceivable either, honestly. I, I didn't much care for if that one. If you're, like, super bored and got nothing better to do. Yeah, save it for there the next time we have to watch Inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Bitch. Dave's fired. This has been a solid work production. Solid work. Solid work. Uh, solid work. Hey, solid, solid work. work.